People have to see the real you. And how can we call ourselves believers in not wanting to obey what God's Word says? We need to abide in Him, and abiding in Him is obeying His Word. Mercy is very important in our lives, to be compassionate. If Jesus was compassionate to you, then we must be compassionate too. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today, Raul continues our focus on the life-shaping instructions of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. We'll be turning our attention to Jesus' call to show others mercy, just as He continually pours out His grace and compassion. Stay with us here on Somebody Loves You Radio to see that God wants us to let go of grudges, choose to forgive, and freely share His love. With the message, Blessed are the Merciful, here's Raul Reese. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 7 this morning. The Beatitudes. We come now to verse 7, which is pretty incredible. I had a hard time with this uh, verse. And you'll have a hard time too, because it talks about forgiveness. Here Jesus is speaking to his own disciples, and he starts in verse 7 by saying, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. I mean, if you really want to study a real in-depth study of mercy, you can read the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, where it teaches about this parable of the Good Samaritan. As he's walking down the road to Jerusalem, there's someone that is hurt on the side. And every Jew that goes by him walks over him. And then a Samaritan comes along and helps him. And it's really an amazing parable to learn about forgiveness and helping people and understanding people. And so here Jesus, as he's speaking to his own disciples... He wants to make sure they understand. And of course, he's already dealt with so many Beatitudes from the beginning to this one. And there's still some more to come. And at the same time, think of the mercy that embraces both forgiveness for those that are guilty. And the compassion that God gives to us even to those that are suffering and are needy. And here Jesus, there in the Sermon on the Mount. Not the multitudes but the disciples that are going to have three and a half years of ministry, that Jesus begins to expound, blessed or oh how happy are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Now, if you want to understand forgiveness, then you must forgive those that you have not forgiven. That's a hard thing to do. Maybe they hurt you or maybe you hurt them, and it's been months or maybe even years, And you're a Christian. That even though you're not guilty. You need to pray about going to them. To make things right with God. And saying whatever I've done to you. I don't know what it is. I want you to forgive me. I've had people in my life like that. I have gone to them. I don't know what I did to them. And family members. And they won't tell you. 
But I want to make sure that my heart is right before the Lord. Right before the Lord. Because every single one here, we can have bitterness in our hearts. We can have unforgiveness for the rest of our lives. And then when we pray, how can God answer our prayers when we don't even know how to forgive? And yet you're asking God to forgive you. He forgave you for everything and anything you have done. Everything. So when Jesus deals here with meekness, he's also dealing with mercy. It's acknowledging that others have come against me. Sinners have come against me. But as a Christian, I forgive you for everything and anything they've done. And so if we're truly going to worship God and we're going to really obey what God says, then we go back to the first Beatitudes where he starts with repentance and now we come to meekness and then we come here now to being forgiving because if we don't, then how can God forgive any one of us here today? And that's really important not only to me but to you. It is not that God requires us to be merciful in order to obtain mercy. See, he is talking about mercifulness, that he's not forcing you to do that. You have to look at your own heart. Do I really want to forgive so that I can be in fellowship with God? If God has given so much grace to each one of us individually, And we have been forgiven for all the things that we ever did in our own life. Imagine how God the Holy Spirit must feel when we still have bitterness inside of us. Unforgiveness. So here Jesus speaking of mercy because mercy stands both at the beginning and at the ending here of the Beatitudes. When Jesus is writing. He says, blessed are the merciful. And then at the end, he says, what? For they shall obtain mercy. Yes, I want mercy in my life. The Hebrew word for godly signifies merciful and more godly than more merciful. You see, godliness is good, but mercifulness is even better. Because in order to have a relationship with God, I have to humble myself before him. If I don't humble myself before him, then how can I approach the presence of God, hear his voice, and understand that not only he's on the throne, but that he has come to a place in my life where he's requesting that I humble myself and go to that person and say, I am sorry. What did God do in my life, in your life? He was merciful to each one of us individually. Individually. And the reason is because we were deserving of hell, not heaven. And somehow through God's mercy, he got a hold of our lives, like Nicodemus. He came by night and asked Jesus the most important question, what must I do to enter the kingdom of God? And he said, you must be born again. Why? Because if you're not born again, you'll never forgive. Being born again of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes into your life. The Holy Spirit is the one that gets grieved when there's sin in my life. The Holy Spirit is the voice to your conscience that tells you, don't do that. You're going to get hurt. 
The Holy Spirit is like the alarm that the Lord has left in our hearts so that we can not only listen to him, but we can follow in the steps of Jesus and be truly righteous before him as we obey him. Not disobey him, but obey him with all of our hearts. The mercy of God also overshadows all, all his other characteristics and attributes that God has. That is given to each one of us individually. And that's why when someone dies without Christ, it is painful, it is sorrowful. So many funerals that I've done, people sitting there, they're weeping and crying because they have no hope. No hope. They think they're never going to see that loved one again. And yet the Bible is so clear that through the mercy of God, as we have come to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that when we, not only someone dies in our family, yes, we're going to cry, but we rejoice because of God's mercy that He has taken our loved one to heaven and that we will see them again. The problem with the non-believer is that when they die, they will see others. But it will be not in heaven, it will be in hell for the rest of their lives. Being tortured in pain. That's what the Bible teaches. And that's why it's important for me to have my heart right before the Lord. Not in bitterness, not with hatefulness, and not with unforgiveness. But to really know that I have been born again of the Holy Spirit of God. Nicodemus was a Pharisee that hated Jesus. And Jesus came to him and accepted him, his confession, and he was saved. And then who's the one that was with Jesus later on? Nicodemus. Nicodemus, the one that has forgiven, was forgiven for all his sins. We have been born again of the Holy Spirit. We're supposed to be different. The word mercy means compassion or forbearance shown to an offender. Whoever the offender may be, we need to reach out. Even though you're not guilty, and they're guilty, that humbling of yourself and going to that person, like when I went to my dad, in my heart, I felt that I had to go back to my father and tell him I was sorry. And through that, 10 years later, he got saved. People have to see the real you. And how can we call ourselves believers in not wanting to obey what God's word says? You can't live apart from the word of God. You cannot live apart from Jesus. We need to abide in him. And abiding in him is obeying his word. Mercy is very important in our lives. To be compassionate. If Jesus was compassionate to you, then we must be compassionate too. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Call us at 800-634-9165 or connect with us at somebodylovesyou.com. For even more Bible-based guidance for your daily life, catch Straight Talk with Raul every Tuesday at 10 a.m. West Coast time on his YouTube channel. Now let's get back to the message with Raul Reese. Let me give you a couple things that are important concerning mercy. How does mercy fit in the scriptures? I'm not going to give you the whole Bible. I'm going to give you some important things. Number one, 
Mercy in God in the scriptures, number one, is it's described as God giving us the greatest mercy we could ever receive. In the book of Isaiah 54 in the Old Testament, verse 7, the prophet says, For a fear moment I have forsaken you, God said, but with great mercies I will gather you. Speaking to who? To Israel. Israel had, notice, betrayed the Lord. When they came out of Egypt, God delivered them. God brought them into the promised land. But before that, God had nothing but promise with the people of God in the wilderness because of unbelief. And then after Moses, then Joshua took him into the promised land. Once that generation passed away, in the moment they began to not only be used by God, God was using Joshua. By the time Joshua came to the end of his life, in the book of Judges, chapter 2, verse 10, it says, And when that generation died, there arose another generation that did not know the Lord, but worship all other gods. And from that point on, God had to bring his wrath upon them. But God hasn't given Israel away. God's going to deal with Israel even today. And one day, when the Lord returns, they're going to see his mercy. Because they're going to ask him at the second coming, who pierced your hands? Who pierced your feet? Who pierced your side? And he's going to say this. This was done in the house of my friends. You did it. You did it to me. And Jesus will forgive them. Just like he forgave you and me. That's the mercy of God in our lives today. The mercy that has been given to each one of us individually. And then it is described as sure. Listen in Isaiah 55, 3. For you shall expand to the right or to the left as your descendants will inherit the nations and make a desolate city. So God is speaking to Israel all the way through here. He's demonstrating his love even though his enemies, their enemies are against him. Yet God, because of his love and grace and mercy, follows Israel all the way through. And he chastens them. Because he loves them. Just like Paul said in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 3 through 11. If you're a real son of God, if you're a real Christian, then you'll never be able to get away with sin. Because of God's mercy. And God, because of his mercy, he will spank you. He will chasten you as a true father. He's not going to let you get away with anything. If you're not chastened by the Lord, then you're not a son and you're not a daughter of God. You don't understand the mercy of God and you don't have the mercy of God in your life. Only those that know Jesus. Not only have the mercy of God, but they know God's mercy fully and completely. Secondly, the mercy of God is abundant in our lives. 1 Peter 1.3 Peter says, blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Remember when you're baptized, Romans chapter 6, 1 through 4? He says, when we go into the water as believers, it doesn't save you. Water doesn't save you. You have to be born again of the Holy Spirit first. And when you're going to be baptized, it's a sign of death. When you step into the water, 
And you go backwards into the water, you're going into the grave. And when you come out of the grave, you're coming out in resurrection of life. In newness of life, the Bible says. It's a picture and a type of going into the grave. And when you're dead, what's going to happen? You're going to rise from the dead. And that's what Christ has done with each one of our lives. The abundant mercy he's given to us, especially because we have risen from the dead. Even as he has risen from the dead. And one day we will be in his presence. Fourthly, it's tender. The grace and the mercies of God are tender. Listen to Psalm 25, 6. David, remember, O Lord, your tender mercies and your loving kindness. Notice, for they are from old. You go back to the Old Testament. Not just now, it goes back to the old and brings it to the present time. All because of Jesus. I like the next one. Every morning, the mercy of God is before us. Listen what he says in Lamentations 3.2. Now you know, if you never read Lamentations, it's in the Old Testament. Right after you have Isaiah and Jeremiah. In Jeremiah, the Lamentations of Jeremiah. Jeremiah preached for 50 some years. Some 50 years and never saw one convert. The judgment of God came upon Judah. And Judah was being judged by God. And because God judged them in lamentations, he writes about their judgment. The people weeping. In Lamentations 3.22 he says, Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Not my faithfulness. Great is his faithfulness. He is faithful. I am unfaithful. We are unfaithful to God. Every morning, he says, and the mercy of God is brand new. Every morning when we spend time with God. And then secondly, the mercy of God seen in the scriptures. How do we see it? Well, number one, we see it as regeneration. First Peter 1 Peter 1.3 Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again into a living hope. A living hope, not a dead hope. Our hope is in him. Not only now, but in the future. And then how about through salvation, Titus 3, 5. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and by the renewing of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has brought new life to us. The Holy Spirit is the alarm when we sin. The Holy Spirit is the paracletus, the one that will come alongside to assist you. To bring conviction to you. In the book of John he says what? Of sin and of righteousness and judgment. Of sin because we haven't believed in Jesus Christ only by faith. And of righteousness because by faith we become righteous in him. And then because of Satan. He's the robber. He's the stealer. He's the murderer. And yet God has seen to give you and I mercy and forgiveness. And then through Christ's mission. His mission was a mission of love. A mission of mercy. Forgiveness. And yet the world did not want to be forgiven. 
We have been forgiven because of his love and grace and mercies. In Luke 172, it says to perform the mercy promised to our fathers. And to remember his holy covenant. Verse 78, he says, through the tender mercies of our God, with which a day spring from on high has visited us. Who's that? Jesus. From all eternity, he's come down to this earth and taken the body of a human, 100% human, 100% God. And then he goes to the cross. And they mock him and they spit upon him. And they put those nails through his hand, through his feet. And then finally that crown of thorns in his head. And then finally the spear and the water and the blood come forth. And the medical doctor says that the water and the blood is because he died of a broken heart. For you, for me. That's the mercy of God. And yet people don't accept it. And then thirdly, the mercy of God in scripture to the Christian life. Our Christian life, the mercy is received by salvation. Titus 3, 5 again, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. How? By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. And then it is taught as a principle of life. Matthew 7, right here, notice 5, 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall what? Obtain mercy. If you don't have mercy in your life, you will obtain mercy in your life. God won't forgive you. And then God's provinces in Philippians 2 to 27. For indeed he was sick almost unto death, Paul's servant. But God had mercy on him. And not only on him, but me, Paul, also. God had mercy on me, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Paul the apostle knows and recognizes the mercy of God. And then obtaining prayer, Hebrews 4, 16. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. When you have a time of need, if you are merciful and you have the grace of God, you're going to sustain it. And God is going to be with you. And then six about consecration of my life. Romans 12, 1, Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, notice, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service to God. That's what God wants. And then how about the divine hope? Jude 21, keep yourselves in the love of God. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Unto eternal life, Jesus Christ. Well, as you meditate on the Lord's amazing mercy and sending His Son for your salvation, we encourage you to think about the ways you can extend God's grace to others. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. To hear today's lesson again, call us at 800-634-9165 and we'll send you a complete copy for a donation of $5 or more. Just ask for the lesson, Blessed Are the Merciful, when you get in touch with us. We'd also like to tell you about Raul's brand new book titled Sermon of Sermons. As you explore Jesus' practical yet inspiring instructions for true discipleship, You'll see how your faith can transform your life and bless those around you. Act now to discover what it looks like to glorify God in everything from your finances to your relationships. 
Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 to order Rawls' brand new book titled Sermon of Sermons. We'll send your copy for the deeply discounted introductory rate of just $12 plus shipping and handling. That phone number again is 800-634-9165. To get this book by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Don't forget to download our free app for convenient access to more of Rawls' teaching as well as a variety of study helps and a link to our online store. If you've missed one of these programs or would like to listen to one again, you can use Spotify or iTunes to download a podcast. You can also enjoy daily devotional emails from Roll with a simple sign-up on our website. For more information or just to connect with us, visit us anytime on Instagram and Facebook. Somebody Loves You Radio is a listener-supported ministry, and your tax-deductible gifts keep us on the air. Thanks so much for your partnership. We hope you'll join us again next time as we continue our study of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. We'll see that when we seek the Lord with our whole heart, He'll reveal Himself to us and enrich our life with the fullness of His love. Here's Roll now once again to close out today's message. And then finally, Colossians 3.12, He says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also forgive. Wow. So you also forgive. I pray this morning that we will all forgive whoever may be. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.